Ladies and gentlemen, variations thereof, welcome to the Selective's Lorecast, an Elder Scrolls podcast. A casual Elder Scrolls podcast. So casual, I still can't get this fucking intro right. Today we're talking about, uh, we're talking about the Thalmor. We're talking about everybody's favorite, um, possibly leather-robed uh, elf Nazis. Oh crap, uh, we're only a few, uh, less than a minute into the cast and I already said the Nazi word. Uh, uh, wow, uh, I shouldn't have taken that bet. Good wins, loss, as you lose. Yeah. Anyway, my name's Rotten Deadite. Uh, with me today are... I have other names, but I'm using this one. Uh, I'm Andrew, also known as the White Guar and Silver Bride elsewhere. I am James, also known as Aramithius. Uh, it's Jonathan, I'm known as Sothis. I am Michael, you may know me as Scourgicus or Moon Sugar Leader, and this is Addy. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I think we should probably do what we usually try to do with these casts, which is start from the beginning with, uh, start at the beginning with a brief history of today's subject. And it's probably, um, well, it, it, we can, cert- the, the Thalmor did nothing wrong, cast over. Thank you. Um, we, <laughs> um, great. I would say we're already on board. That's my message entirely. Um, we, we don't exactly have an exact date, if unless I'm mistaken, I don't think I am, of when the Thalmor were established as an organization, but we do know that they are first mentioned in the context of the first the Dominion, the first Aldmeri Dominion, um, sometime in at least the early Second Era as being tasked with the responsibility of... Um, Governing Valenwood. Yeah, of, uh, <laughs> of what now? Say again? The Thalmor, so the Aldmeri Dominion, the first Aldmeri Dominion, uh, had a hegemony over uh, parts of Valenwood. And those that ruled Valenwood were called the Thalmor. And uh, right. Tiber Septum, Dunn, uh, did away with that. Yeah, and, and so the Thalmor were basically tasked with... Um, Retaining or uh, um, encouraging the retainment of Aldmeri culture, which um, is, uh, I, I I'm not entirely sure when, where that was mentioned, but the very first thing that comes to mind when somebody says retaining culture is, and this is because I grew up in New Orleans, um, the clan, who are who claim that their primary mission is to retain Southern white people culture. Which, as everybody knows, is just <coughs> fucking great. <laughs> um, and, uh, and and I'm going to try my best to not um, politicize this cast, but it is extremely easy for me to get highly, highly triggered when the <coughs> clan are, uh, are mentioned. So hopefully that'll be the last time I bring them up. Um, retaining culture is a very vague, conveniently vague term in politics. It allows a person to, um, it allows an organization to do basically anything they want in the name of retaining culture. But it does, and this is probably key to the psychology of the Thalmor, it does cast them into a, po- a political mindset that one might call conservative. Um, it resists change, it encourages people to uh, think fondly of the good old days 
and um, uh, and it allows a, uh, a, 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 a it, it allows people the indulgence of nostalgia, as I like to call it. Um, yeah. This is a big deal to the th to the altmer in, in particular because a lot of very hardline altmer are. Um, um, sure, Doc, that's actually a really good definition. The Thalmor, a sub-governmental organization tasked to safeguard Altmeri culture, traditions, and religion. And it's, and they've lasted pretty much, uh, you know, off and on throughout all three dominions, the, all three versions of, well, all three incarnations, I guess, of the Altmeri dominion. Um, oh. if a, uh, 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 some people have said that the, uh, that the Thalmor are a religious organization, um, but in the, and, and that, that's probably a valid way of interpreting them, but in, on paper, at the very least, it sounds as though the Thalmor were originally intended to be a, a, not a political, a cultural organization. Well, you see, to say that the Thalmor are not religious would be wrong because religion in Altmer society is, so they literally believe themselves to be the remnants of fallen gods. Their entire culture revolves around being actually worshipping a static force and selective nostalgia. Um, from what we can glee from the PGEs and current um current lore coming out of ESO is that uh, the, the Somerset Isles are really based what we would think of as an extreme imperial isolationist China or Japan and the way in the context of men were not allowed to set foot on the Isles at, and if they did as far as they got were Ariadon so they did not set foot on the largest Isle which I call Alamor. Mm -hmm. um, so the Thalmor. So if let's say the Alessians, when I say Alessians, I mean um, practitioners of the Imperial cult. If the Imperial city is the city of a thousand cults, the the Old Mary Isles are the society of a dogmatic single way of doing things. Yeah. I think that's a that's a, a very good way of summarizing it. It's a uh it's a, a single organization, a single religious organization that is focused on um uh propagating its religious um um it's it's uh it's it's politic and it's culture and uh kind of running out all of the uh um all all possible competitions so um now uh, it should be mentioned uh for those of you who are watching this you know in the future that this has come out before the Somerset Isles expansion so there's probably a lot of lore that we're not you know that we don't get right now yeah all of the lore we're going over is based off of old in-game lore and many awesome outside writings by various authors. Yeah, and that's um, 
and, and yeah, and so it's very important to remember that um, there there could be a lot of um, lore that we're going to get in Somerset Isles that outright contradicts. In fact, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of lore that we get in the Somerset Isles expansion for ESO that contradicts what we say because that shit is interesting. Um, so, uh, and it's always nice to, to learn new and different things. But um, we're going to end up with uh, uh, one, one of the reasons why I think the, the, the timing of this cast is fortuitous is because um, if, if nothing else, hopefully we'll be able to help encourage some of the uh, hype towards the Somerset Isles expansion, which we're all looking forward to. Um, Definitely. And, uh, and if we did it after the expansion, I kind of get the impression that we would spend a lot of our time just regurgitating what was already happening in the expansion. Yeah, I would just be analyzing the... Yeah, the, which we might do. I mean, maybe there's going to be something really amazing that we just need to talk yeah, about, could, so I'm not ruling that we can, out. We can probably you know, re revisit the topic with the information we see in some percent. So. Yeah, that, that's a really good yeah. idea. Um, so we don't... Uh, so uh, having said that the Thalmor are furthering Aldmeri culture um, or, or working to further Aldmeri culture is probably selling them short as far as the no it's definitely selling them short as far as the overall plot of the elder scrolls universe which we kind of need to get out of the way right now which is that the Aldmer, that which is the uh the thalmor win yay and um and in order to talk about that we're going to have to talk about what the um the you know the tinfoil hat theory is on the actual goal of the thalmor which is to remove the mythic of mankind of of uh, mortality <laughs> off out, out of Mundus and return the Aldmer back to their um, uh, uh, a true true nature as um, uh, as Adra basically. Uh, I'm a little skeptical there, if I can just be a dissenting voice. Please do. Um, the, as I said, the, the the main source for that that we have for that, um, <laughs> the the Kirkbride Post calls it it calls it an Aldmeri commentary on Talos. It doesn't say it's a Thalmor commentary. It could just be an elf sitting somewhere in his in his ivory tower thinking, oh, we need to correct this, um, and not an official government government stance. I'm um, it's and we had then have the novels which have the, the claim they want to establish an, a new merific era. Is the is the quote the quote that gets thrown out there, um, which implies uh, mir just mirish rule o over um, over Tamriel, um, possibly more magical maybe, but I don't know how much how far we can extend that. Although if the Thalmor could bring back magic, that's or bring back more magic, <laughs> that's kind of interesting in itself. Well, that's assuming that magic itself has declined, which I would say it has almost certainly has not. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I I just recently got my my chimmies in a rustle because uh, I found an old quote from uh, Todd Howard that said that if magic disappeared from the Elder Scrolls universe, nobody would notice. Um, wow. And uh, I don't know when he made that quote. I I don't know what it was in reference to. I don't even know if it was an actual quote and somebody just made that shit up. But um, it if the uh, if the idea of um, I have a really hard time buying into the idea of an Elder Scrolls universe without magic, uh, if for no other reason than the overwhelming amount of evidence that supports the idea that the Elder Scrolls universe can't exist without magic, that it is literally magic 
in just many different forms. Um, even, even if there wasn't just magicka based magic, I mean, there's still total magic, which right. is you know, the fabric of the universe. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Which actually is an interesting point, Andrew. Maybe I'm misinterpreting that uh, statement as saying that uh, what he was saying is that if the practice of magic disappeared, nobody would notice. Yeah, I mean, science is irrecoverably <laughs> magic in this universe. There is no separation between the two. Right. To be a scientist is to be a magician. Yeah. Yeah. The the other thing to think about is that it could also be uh, a comment about people's access to magic. Uh, in the the second era, there was all kinds of shenanigans going on. Empire across the stars, yada yada. Void ships. We'll talk about that. Not. <laughs> right. Mananots. Yeah. Love this guy. <laughs> uh, but none of that really. I mean, you do still have some planar traversal, but that's usually through portals with sigil stones and stuff like that. So it could be a comment about that at least the higher orders of magic will be less available because not as much of that stuff is happening. Like in ESO, I mean, you're going to different Daedric realms all the time. and Well, I think that has something to do with the, the new covenant that <clears throat> Martin established for Tam- Tamriel through his sacrifice. Mm. Well, I mean, even in ESO, like, isn't, isn't it the common consensus that the way shrines are actually a fall Mary type of magic, which I mean, that's, that's I guess, like the gazebo things, right? Ooh. That I've, I've, I've heard that before. I have not heard that. That's an interesting I, idea. I've often wondered about that. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> although, although wouldn't that then limit them to um, limit those way shrines to, um, to, um, to more locations to, to further away than they actually are, because they're, they're throughout the map, if I'm right. Oh, well, yeah, you, you, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah, you could theoretically say that the um, that the way shrines are Altmer <laughs> in origin, but they were actually created by wandering Elnafe. Uh, Probably. Or um, Elnafe. Yeah, which, which, which depending on how strict a definition you take of the Elnafe, how do we get onto this subject? So... <laughs> So here's the thing about the Elder Scrolls Ramblecast. Um, hey, hey, so I think we've established who the Thalmor are pretty well. You know, they're a historic organization designed to, you know... Yeah, and that arguably, arguably, their goal is to remove the mythic of man from... Um, from the uh, from, uh, from the Arbus, Arbus and therefore bring people, bring their... Um, uh, their people back to a magical status, or certainly just remove the uh, the the curse of mortality uh, from people. So but, I want, hmm? indeed, uh, I want to ask you guys a question. So the Thalmor, the proto Thalmor, are actually referenced in Oblivion. They will talk about how there are elves uh, rioting protesting in the aisles uh, in the prologue of Oblivion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. this obviously means, or at least to me, that the Thalmor at least started uh, during the class of the Crystal-like Law. However, uh, the Aldmeri Dominion, since its inception, has gone against traditional Aldmeri values in the way that they are worldly. They are taking interest strategically in the world, not just by reuniting uh, Mur- the Murish 
people, mm-hmm. but by you know they're they're establishing hegemony over Tamriel. So I I want to ask if anyone knows who the beautiful are, and if you guys even can recall those. I, I've I've heard the term before. Yeah. So yeah. the beautiful yeah. were a bunch of radical, basically terrorists that were rioting against traditional uh, ordinary values. Now, the the, um, the precise line is dedicated to the destruction of the greatest monuments of ultimate civilizations, which is the, the PG which is, third, which would be the crystal like law. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, and so the last, the last pe- or organization that acted like this was the Sigics. And they left the Somerset Isles for Artam because of how strenuous uh, way of life was among them. So the Thalmor are transforming Oldmere society as we know it. Now, they may be a little um, like I lost my train of thought, sorry. So, oh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I thought we lost you all together for a second there. Because <laughs> yeah. um, as I was saying, because this is like the first time, if we're not counting Aaron, since that the Aldmer have taken interest in Tamriel since Torkoal uh, left the Isles. I mean, this is a long-ass time ago. This is like the Merithic era. Mm-hmm. Um. And to see them in such strength now, like managing to within the the end of the third empire into I, what I would call the proto fourth empire, to be able to marshal enough people to defeat the empire of man, even in its weakest weakened position. I mean, that's 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 huge. Would they be able to defeat the empire of man? Um, they already have. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> So we don't know of any, you know, we don't know if Mead has any um, offspring. So for all we know, it could be go- we could be going into an interregnum right now, mm-hmm. and the, and the next new empire, which is my, so I've been working on shit. My next empire thing is going to be the Red Guards invading and and establishing the last human empire. <laughs> Oh man! Okay. Oh, that's, Kirk Bride. Anyway, <laughs> that's pretty dope. I so, mm. la, so the, what I was getting to was that Thalmor are acting wrong, I would say, and I I don't know if I I really believe that they want to become free spirits again because they're still trapped and slaves to the tyranny of the dreamer. Therefore, I'm wondering if the inner circle are actually Lorcanites. Actually, what? Lorcanites, people who ordinary believers in Lorcan. Wow. Uh, because I understand why they want to. Because from this angle, I understand why they want to destroy Talos through banning his worship, banning his name, banning his. Um banning his uh, I'm just going to say crap because I've lost the 
the term because he is the he is the binding force. He is the static force that keeps the Mundus together, if you will. Right? Mm-hmm. Currently, well, he he he's certainly in. Um, he, we, he's he's definitely the incarnation of it. Yeah, we've we've called him in the past. We call him the second convention, almost. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So if what we know that the world always returns to the dawn before a new convention is established in the Chaldaic mm-hmm. cycle, wouldn't wouldn't um, we have to destroy Talos first in order to remake the world? Well, that's that's what Alduin was for. Yeah. Well, not just not just Alduin. Uh, it's just how things tend to happen. So I'm just wondering, because we say we, we have this, you know, this meme at this point that the Thalmor win. Mm-hmm. Well, what does win mean? Because really, Lorcan already won when any Kymster goes, hey, I'm Kymen, and uh, I'm potentially becoming my own dream, if you will, because mm-hmm. Based on what we know, that is what Lorcan's mission was. Well, here's here's my thought on on the subject of how the Thalmor win. And and, and for those watching, when we when we say the Thalmor win, um, that's based on a post. Um, Michael Kirkbride did an AMA um, on Reddit a while back, and he he mentioned that that yeah, the Thalmor win. Um, now, whether you're a fan of Kirkbride or not, I mean that's that's what he says. So in his um, universe, the ones that that we might call the Coda verse, this you know, has to do with the Coda and the love letter and, and, and all of that. Um, I mean, if if you accept that, great. If not, then I mean, I guess ignore what I'm going to say. Um, but uh, the idea in my mind is that the Thalmor want to return to a time where they. Um, you know, they be, being being um, elves and and the descendants of the Elmafe want to return to a time or an untime the dawn uh, where they were not limited by the constraints of Mundus um, because and and this goes back to the dichotomy between man and myrrh right so men see Mundus as this beautiful thing they can experience life and, and life is, is finite and so we should enjoy it while we have it and they see that as kind of a gift right whereas whereas the murderers see it as a trap oh we used to be these limitless timeless beings who went on forever why why would we want to not be that anymore right and so these two different ways of looking at the dawn and what the Elmafe were during the dawn um, really informs on on this concept. Um, so the Thalmor want to return to that untime where they were immortal and timeless and perfect, and and men by virtue of simply existing because Lor- because of Lorcan and Talos, um, they make that transition back to what they were. Basically impossible, at least within the the, the you know the current Kalpa. Um, whether whether that's something that they intend to reenact in the next Kalpa, uh, I don't know. I guess because they want to remove the possibility of men entirely, 
they know that they can return to it, but they're always going to end, end up back in London. Um, so when, when Kirkbride says, oh, well, they win, I think he's referring to Numidia. Um, because who was the first casualty at landfall? That would be the High Elves, the Altmer. They take ancestral scythe right to the face and are deleted. They are no longer trapped in Mundus, and they win that way. They they have become, in a sense, a timeless, immortal thing by not existing. They followed the path of the Dwemer to become. I mean, I mean, uh, Numidian skin, but Mm. you know, it's what I'm saying. Yeah, Um, I I think the problem is that um, I'm not saying that that's not what happened. But I am saying that um, I suspect it's. I could probably argue that it wasn't because the Altmer, if the Altmer goal was to uh, become, um, it was to not exist, then there are they. They know full well that things like zero summing happens. There's plenty of uh, of opportunities. For, there's plenty of ways for them to to manage that yeah, uh, to remove themselves from the Arbus altogether. What I'm su- what yeah, I'm suggesting is that the 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 uh, the Altmer goal was well okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna back up even further than that depending on how uh, on, I mean the difference largely between the mortal perspectives on and I'm I'm gener- over generalizing here the more uh, mortal perspectives on the nature of the universe and um uh, 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 and elven perspectives on the nature of the universe is whether or not what Lorcan did was a gift or a curse. Nobody really argues mm-hmm. what that the uh, that Lorcan that what Lorcan did didn't happen, and nobody really argues that uh, um, some people weren't in favor of what Lorcan did. But the only arguments that are generally being put forward by disparate cultures are whether or not Lorcan tricked the Adra into doing what they did, or whether he. Uh, convinced them and they joined of their own free will. There's a lot of variation there depending on what culture. It's not just man versus mare at that point, but it's man versus man in some cases or whatever. Um, and, and in some very uh, distant outliers, there's, uh, there are cultures that don't believe that there was any convincing that happened whatsoever. The Red Guard uh, culture, for example, seems to suggest that the Red Guard creation myth seems to suggest that the... Um, uh, that the uh, creation of Mundus happened all the time, inevitably, as part of the Kalpic cycle. And indeed, if you have take my personal approach, that actually doesn't contradict the idea of Lorcan being a trickster. But um, what it comes down to is whether or not Lorcan uh, Lorcan's uh, uh, act was one uh, was one of compassion or was one of good or evil. Right. So. Um, if no matter what perspective you take on it, you uh, almost all cultures agree that at one point or another, this, the beings that are now currently considered to be mortals, both man and mare, were at one point, um, are, are or at one point were related to infinite beings that existed in an infinite realm of, un, of all time and all space, and that uh, limitation was placed in that realm in order, in, in order to create... Um, the 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 mortal uh, 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 realms or realm I should say so um, the idea that the uh, so taking the the difference between the Altmer point of view and the uh, or maybe just the Thalmor point of view 
And the uh, Dwemer point of view is that the Dwemer wanted out of the Arbus altogether. The Altmergis wanted to return back to that pre-dawn era. Right. So um, mm -hmm. that's the that's sort of that's sort of like the largely uh, uh, at that point the difference between the Thalmor and just a regular um, a Marish perspective on uh, creation is that the Thalmor believed that that act of uh, of creation can be undone, whereas other uh, cultures believe that it was it's always going to be this way or or whatever. Or, or it will stop being that way, but on its own natural accord. Like, for example, the Nordic belief that eventually Alduin will come and eat the entire universe, um, or the, at least the entire mortal realm, um, is, is seen as an event that is considered to be uh, uh, inevitable, that it's going to happen at some point. Uh, yeah, the Thalmor variation of that would be, well, we're just going to eat it for him. You know? Effectively, <laughs> as, as above, so below, all things are tied to the Arcan cycle. And I, I saw you going to say something, Michael. You want to interject? Yeah, I got, I got, yeah. I got two things. So, yeah. uh, one of my my thought, I'm going to be a little controversial. One of my thoughts about <laughs> when am I ever controversial about the uh, uh, the motivation of the Thalmor and the Altmer uh, goes back to an idea in certain forms of Buddhism called samsara, and it's the idea. Yes, yep. this one's yes. for you, Chris. This is for you. It's the idea we have a weird view of reincarnation in the West. Like we see it as a good thing, and it in certain forms of Buddhism, it is not a, it's not a good thing. It's a prison. And uh, oh, hello, something like that didn't go wrong. You okay? Oh yeah, no, I tried balancing my webcam to make my. Uh, my uh, mic a little better, but okay. it fell over. Okay. So uh, in, in certain forms of Buddhism, uh, reincarnation is considered samsara, or that translates roughly to endless wandering. So if you think about the process of the soul in Elder Scrolls, uh, you're born, you live, you gain your experiences, whatever. When you die, your soul returns to the dream sleeve. That's a whole other cast. And eventually you're stripped of memory, and your soul, as kind of the rough, creatious stuff, is recycled back into the mundus. It's 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 a kind of reincarnation, but without memory. And uh, yes, it's not called the material I, prison for no reason. Exactly. And so, for the Altmer, then the the problem is uh, that there's no escape. That even if you die, you're still going to end up coming back. You know, your your AE, your your soul stuff is going to keep returning. And my suspicion is that this whole thing of be freed from mortality, return to what I would call the possibility of patomaic dissipation. Uh, that's another one. But all that stuff is to be free of the samsaric cycle. So yeah. that's that's my main thought. Other thing is kind of a sidebar, and maybe we'll get into this later. We'll talk about the idea of Talos being Talos, T-A-L, and then apostrophe O-S, which is yeah. that Talos is the operating system of the Arbus. And we could maybe get into that, but the, the basic idea that man sets the tone now, and uh, that not only are the, the Altmer or Aldmer trapped in the Samsaric cycle, but they're also trapped in a cycle of human perception and our subject so, and myth of so, 
So if they are going to escape, though, why are why is the Old Murray Dominion, the Thalmor, whatever, going about it this way is something that's kind of struck me over the, the last few points. Because you look at what Oriel did. Oriel was very, very different in how he carried on. He re- he re- he reascended in full view of everyone after having defeated the armies of Lorcan and so on and so forth. Um, so why does there not a path of reenacting what Oriel did and and becoming and following that's that's that sort of a, that sort of a way of life and that sort of a pattern, which so feels quite different to what. Um, to what the, what most people think the Thalmor seem to be doing. So I think they're trying to cheat. Um, okay. So so to, to to take a step back a little bit, um, uh, the Lorcan is a trickster deity. Uh, most trickster deities, uh, like in in real world mythology, are sort of like the uh, peasant deity. Usually, peasants really like them. Uh, noble, the rich, the people who are in charge don't really like them. Mm. And I think that really uh, shows, you know, man is sort of like the peasant of the Mundus and Mur are, they, they want to rule it. They want to emulate Ariel and become ruling kings. And that's why the towers were built. Uh, well, the towers are going away and uh, they haven't really worked for a, a lot of people. And so now they're trying to kind of cheat around the system to become ruling king. They want to become Brahmin to use the 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 hindi reference they they want to reach the ruling station of of the arbus i agree a thousand percent yeah they may well see and i think that's that's why i came up with this lorcon thing being the origin of the new thalmor is because even though ariel ascends and he claims to be a ruling king if he comes back every cycle he's not a ruling king I'm not, uh, not maybe sure maybe not. But, uh, let let me put it to you this way. The, speaking of like I'm I'm like the, I'm liking that we're talking about samsara and the karmic cycle and reincarnation and so on because one depending on what variation of uh the the uh, cycle of reincarnation you're talking about depending on what culture you're bringing up one common thread that happens in a lot of cultures is they talk about the act of reincarnation and the cyclical nature of the universe as a uh as a way of uh, removing impurities through suffering, basically, of becoming divine through suffering. Okay. So one of the uh, um, one of the one of the ideas, one of the ways of interpreting Mundus and the the Arbic cycle, is is that Lorcan intended for um, the Adra to gain a, uh, the, or, or the, the spirits that become the Elnafe, that become mortals, to gain a system <laughs> through which they could um, effectively filter themselves and, uh, 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 you know, uh, I'm using filter because I don't want to use the word torture, <laughs> but that's what keeps trying to come out of my head, um, but to effectively, um, uh, uh, through uh, uh, incalculable effort, through uh, pain and uh, uh, torment to improve themselves so by through suffering so that they can find a way to escape the cycle altogether. So in that um, conceptualization, it makes the, the, uh, an event like the uh, like Kirkbride's Amaranth in Coda makes the most amount of sense as the inevitable um, uh, product of the of 
Mundus and uh, Lorcan's end game, so to speak, is to ah, create a, a condition through so... which people can escape the car the 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 Calpic cycle and no longer have to deal with um, uh, a, a cyclical infinite um, torturous. Uh, or, or just an, 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 infi an infinite cycle of some kind. So the Which Amaranth is, there's is Daedra. Right. So, so that's, that's why there's Daedra. That's why his wheel had the holes to create. Well, yeah, that's, mm. that's why, to be blunt, the arena exists. That's why the Mundus is called the arena, is because that's where death happens. That's where suffering happens. And it's only through suffering that you can um, gain purity, basically. Yeah, and so, you know, suffer long, it'll set you so, free through tragedy, find the strength we need. Right. right? You, you can't improve yourself if you're not tested. All, all proper tests are painful. You can't, um, and, and therefore, if you're in a, a cycle without, um, uh, where um, no tests can happen, in other words, where you can't fail, in other words, where there is no linear time and death and pain, then you can't improve yourself. And that's what Lorcan's goal was basically to create an a torturous environment through which the spirits of the Aetherius could improve themselves. <coughs> and, so, go ahead. Sorry, so if and picking up on that, if if the Falmor are trying to cheat that um, battle system and just excel, it almost accelerate the cal um, the Calpic cycle so that not, um, in a way so that not, so that everything winds back to dawn. Um, if we are if we are assuming that destroying the towers does that which is a huge assumption i know um but was crystal like law an inside job <laughs> well i would say if i would say it absolutely was because uh, yeah sure yeah <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we, we go we go to ask you know who invited Mirren's dagon to tamriel mm -hmm. and we go on that spiel uh, okay so so yep. um Lastly, going back to, you know, I would say, I guess, Hinduism, uh, schism of that is Buddhism. And from my very, very mundane understanding of it, so Kime is often um, compared to Nirvana, which Nirvana is the escape from the, the karmic cycle through enlightenment. Uh, oh no no! Kim would be enlightenment. Um, the amaranth would be. Yeah, I've, I've always likened yeah. Kim. I've always likened Kim to lucid dreaming. Yeah, uh, Kim is Bota Vista rather than anything else, right. as far as I see. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I got my terms mix, missed up, but, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sorry that that's an interesting thought on the mythic on the mythic dawn. Um, so on the Mythic Dawn side of things, because if you look at the way that the Second Dominion happened, um, that was that was formulated. That came about over a squabble over the Valenwood dynastic succession. Um, so, are we thinking that, um, and which which in a way may well tie in? Well, you've got the obvious Cameron Bosma dynasty tie. Um, was that? Um, was that potentially the the start of, the start of that? Then can we say that there is a connection between um, between the, the 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 way that the second the second dominion acted 
um, in the sec- in the second era, um, oh. or whatever it was, and then and then kind of propagated those ideas on. And Ma- and Manka Cameron was a kind of a logical extension of that to kind of just des- destroy everything. And I, I would argue it started with the veiled inheritance in the first Dominion. Okay. I mean, yeah. even they used Dagon to try to mm. get what they what their goal was. That's true. That's true. Okay. I That's, so and that puts Narfin in a whole different light as well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So um what um uh what we wanted to talk about briefly also was um why the Thalmor were uh, uh, in Coda consider the uh, 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 Numidium to be a, a a good way to get their goals done? Um, I'm not entirely convinced that the Numidium's arrival in Landfall obliterated the Altmer. I think they obliterated man. Exactly. That's what they were used. That's what he was set loose on. The Thalmor went well. Tiber Septim. You tried to do it to us. Now we're going to do it to you and actually make it work. Yeah, and like finish so, the job this time. Yeah. So another thing mm-hmm. I think. So we, I'm seeing here that we have different ideas on what the Thalmor are, which is fine Great. with me because I think that's awesome. <laughs> so one of the first things that Thalmor did is when they took power is they killed uh, the royal family of Alinor. Yeah. So so the queen of Alinor was Baron Zaya's daughter. So. Hmm. Um, I, I well, that's unfortunate. That, that's not the first whole revolt you're talking about. Is it? Or, or, or are we talking later? Uh, this is uh, after the Oblivion Crisis. Okay. okay. So mm-hmm. when the, the first thing they did was they purged you know, the, I guess what you would call the, the Vicars of the Empire. You know, those who rule in the Emperor's name. Uh, you could argue that yeah, you know, the, the Dunmer did the same to Helseth, <laughs> probably. Yeah, because uh, Mor- Morgaya, who was, who was Berenzai's daughter, Helseth's brother, uh, she was she was the, the queen of, of Firstfold. Yeah, and they had several uh, children, and they were all murdered. So, so did did Baron Zaya have another daughter of them? Well, if we're not I including, know, I know there's talk about Carlia, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily. Yeah, there's a theory that you know, uh, Baron Zaya and Tiber did indeed have a child, and it was not yeah. aborted, and that okay. there is, and that, and that there is uh, a direct line to Tiber Septum out there. Well, that's going to be. An interesting twist to TES six, <laughs> but that would be fantastic. And and the the theory is is it's Carlia, which I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. That's, that's almost too convenient. It it is too convenient. It's it's a cool theory because um, if it, it's a cool theory, but uh, it's just too convenient. I, I think um, I'll put it to you this way. Um, I am uh, really tired of games that make really like amazing backgrounds and uh, character, you know, developments and and you know, like like 
revelations about NPCs. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my whole, uh, I would not, I would not be surprised if that turns out to be the case and that they like <laughs> at some point or another, somebody of, officially recognizes Carlia as like the, the, the offspring of Berenzia and Tiber Septum. Um, because it sounds like I'll put it to you this way. It just sounds like the kind of thing that tends to happen in, in games and uh, that just pisses me off and it just keeps happening. So I'm just assuming that the things that piss me off are always going to be the things that happen. Um, Here's the thing. Even they, if and the reason happen. why I don't like that, I should say, the reason why I don't like that in games is because I'm, I've got this idea that my character should be the most interesting motherfucker in the room. Mm. Here he is. There's I mean, is the game about me or ain't it? Well, <laughs> you know what even I mean? If, yeah, like like I was saying, even if <laughs> Carlia was the direct heir of Tiber Septim, it wouldn't matter because the uh, the Mar- the Martinian Covenant makes that all null and void. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that goes. I think the 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 lighting the fires actually is what makes them. Yeah, exactly. Writing, so there's. There's a book in Dragonborn, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it's called, that confirms that Carlia is because Carl. No, hold on. Baron Zaya got pregnant by her second husband, the Breton. They they appear in Daggerfall, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. What, I can't remember what his name is. Mm-hmm. She's at the end of the real Baron Zaya. She's pregnant with his child. That child is the mother of Carlia. And that that is revealed because Carlia ends up going and finding her dad or, or or her grandfather or something. I can't remember what the name of the book is, but I do remember reading it. So no, she is not the love child, thank God, of Baron Zaya and uh Tiber. That mm-hmm. I don't think that that's yeah, not and, gonna happen. And plus the 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 bloodlines of Tiber Septum are so convoluted and bullshit anyway. Like <laughs> no I'm serious. Like the English bloodline. No, no, there's so literally from the after uh, Pelagius, there is no direct bloodline in the Septim family from Tiber Septim. It's all from his quote unquote brother, uh, Antor or something. Mm. And that's from, yeah, it's from the first, like, I don't know, half rulers are from his bloodline, and then a cousin is skipped over or a cousin is chosen because uh, otherwise the heir would have been a dark elf again. Mm. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, so far, far as we know that there are literally still families and subfamilies of the septum bloodline out there. Just because Martin was the last septum, that just means he's the last dragonborn emperor. The last emperor that had to light the dragon fires for yeah. legitimacy to keep the covenant. Oh, Septim as a title. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So, um, so Thalmore. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Yes, we should probably get back on topic. But anyway, so uh, revolving around that, so Thalmor used their mirror logicians to, uh, you know, bitch slap. Basically, humanity, and deletes them. Um, but I don't see it as. So you know how 
generally dichotomies they flip, right? Mm-hmm. And this happens all the time in the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> so humans have become uh, annuitic in the way that they are comfortable in their in their world, I guess. They're comfortable with the way the world is. The Thalmor have become patomaic and realized they need to cut the fat off themselves and carry out the mission, which is to reach heaven through violence, to become enlightened, to become amaranth. Which is, so it, which you know, it, when we say that the Thalmor win, the Thalmor can't win without Lorcan winning. Because if there's a Kynester, that means the probability of there being an Amaranth is very high. And to prove that, any any headcanon that appears can be argued to be an Amaranth through a, you know, whatever character they've invented, you know, being a Kynester, and so on. The spiral. So so when when, when I said earlier that that ancestral sites is how they won. I didn't mean to imply that they intended to win that way. It was more like a TKO. In that, you know, you're you're in a boxing match and your opponent has a heart attack and dies. Like that's you you don't want to win that way, but I mean technically you won. So they just happen to get there out of the mundus by being omitted from it. Mm-hmm. And that was that was kind of what I was trying to trying to drive at, rather than you know that was that was their intent. And wouldn't they win anyway, simply through the nature of the Calpic cycle, as everything would go back to dawn anyway? Um, <laughs> no, because that's still that's maintaining the cycle. Yeah, yeah. right. The cycle's gone. So yeah. I would say it's it's one in a number of ways. Alduin is gone, and the cycle may be broken. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh Man oh. is gone. Oh, and wait, Jonathan, I think you just hit on it. Yeah, is it like we we discover that the that the Thalmor bring back Numidium in the in sometime at the end of the fourth era to the fifth era, right? But the reason why they do that is not because it just dawned on them, oh shit, we're going to do this. Maybe the reason why they did that was because Alduin was gone, and they realized that the Kalpic cycle was not going to happen. And so their worst case scenario, which is, well, we just hang in with this mortal bullshit until the Calpic cycle takes back, you know, brings everything back to normal again. They suddenly realize that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's why they bring back uh, uh, Numidium, because they realize this is it. This is this is never going to go away because the damn last dragonborn fucked the whole, si- this whole system up. <laughs> right. And, um, and, and we all know yeah. when when Numidium lands, it breaks the dragon. Right. And Numidium has to go away in order for that dragon to come back. Uh, and he doesn't ever really go away until Jubal, who then heals the heart hole, eliminating the cage, etc., etc. Where where huh. do we find out that it's the Thalmor who summoned Numidium? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm confused about that, that too. Uh, that's not my understanding. If I recall correctly, we're basically guessing that that's okay. because okay. I yeah. I just assumed it was a it was, you know displacement in time caused by the work in the West. 
Yeah, right. He just yeah. got, got shunted out because the Jills were like, well, we don't know what the fuck to do with this. Let's put him over here exactly. for now while we fix this. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought there was somewhere where the it was the mirror logicians that yeah, the mirror they, they were fighting him. Yeah, they were fighting him until the fifth era. And yeah. Right. yeah. So they in order to stop fighting him, what do they have to do? They have to get rid of him. Go go back to Tamriel Prime. Go. Yeah, the, the I what I had in my head was that the uh, <clears throat> was that the mirror logicians just stopped fighting Numidium and just let yeah. him break out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because they they had uh, they were fighting him in like a, a pocket universe or something. Well, in right. all the various shards of the universes that of the main universe that became real when Numidium first showed up and did his th- and broke the dragon the first time. Yes. And uh, and and after all that and and so even though they that Numidium disappeared in Tamriel Prime, that still left an infinite number of other universes that mm-hmm. he was still dicking around That's doing fine. his thing. And so yeah. the mirror logicians had to, you know, gaze into those dimensions and fight the the Numidium that way. Right. <clears throat> yeah, my my pet theory, of course, and uh, is that it was actually the last men who summoned Numidium as the the final way to stop the Thalmor, who were winning. Mm. But that's total head cannon. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've been at this for what about. Almost an hour, uh, uh, fifty-seven I, minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't know if we want to open up the wormhole that is Iran and possibly Kenyon. Oh boy! Why wouldn't we? Oh, I, I, I would. I would love to talk about Iran. <laughs> Never mind Kenyon. I've got my own pet theories about what she was doing anyway. Because um, um, Andrew, did you want to? Did you want to kick us off with that? Seeing as you you opened the can. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll just you know pry pry that open. Um, so the idea is that Kidman, who is an Ents era mining proxy, um, who was that wasn't she mining more house out of out of Kinnereth or something like that? That was that was the idea. Uh, went went back in time, and there's a theory that she's inside the Eye of Magnus at Starthal uh, for a while, um, and that has to do with the Seven Fights of Aldudaga. Um, where there's there's a big big battle there, um, and it's thought that she's freed from there, and and one way or another she ends up assuming the role of Queen Iren and founds the first Aldmeri Dominion. Um, now with ESO, a lot of that theory has kind of fallen out of favor. Um, if I recall, in, in the Imperial City, there's an NPC who's crazy who talks about Iren being you know, a robot imposter or something. Yeah, that was great. Um, which, which is kind of, kind of, you know, Zoss pointing and laughing at us a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested in the proxy queen that we're going to see in Somerset. And I think that that naming Walla's act in its own right, I feel like it wasn't chosen by happenstance. And that uh, Alor Winaway, who is the proxy queen of, of Alinor, while Iran is off, you know. Yeah, doing... it's odd to me that they choose to call it <laughs> yeah. a proxy rather than I, a, a Vicar. Yeah, I, mean, I, I always thought it would be a really elegant way to kind of mend the gap between the Kinmune equals Iran theory 
and then also keeping it so the IREN isn't actually Hindu. Because whether it's IREN isn't really the issue, it's whether the leadership role among the, the Altmeri Dominion is, you know, Kenyan. And the proxy queen could take that role. So it's the seat of Iran without actually being Iran. So it's like we get the most of the best of both worlds. You know, throw some Hannah Montana in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's not lie, though. She's going to be a bit fallen in <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and I mean, there was a letter that, that, um, Zoss put out kind of a, a teaser for Somerset. Um, Iren addressing Alar Winaway, uh, the proxy mm-hmm. queen, and calling her cousin, and and the, oh, you're you're so great to to step up to all this and everything, and um, you know, so so I wonder if you know, I'm wondering if Zoss is going to put some some immune stuff in there without being like, haha, hey, she's a robot, um, you know. <clears throat> I'm wondering if they're gonna make her. Connect the second era Thalmor to the fourth era Thalmor. Yeah, hear me cool. out here. Mm-hmm. In that letter, uh, <laughs> Iren talks about how Iren in a way. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Um, how she's how very, she's very traditionalist, uh, yeah. very Altmer centric, and how she's not going to like the idea of opening up the borders. So I'm personally hoping for that but yeah yeah because i the the take i got on iren is and as to why she founded the dominion in the first place um was that this was after her kind of um her gap year basically um that she went went traveling around tamriel um saw saw everything did loads of stuff with many and various people um and then came back said it's all rubbish the men need to rule it all that's all um, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, she, I, she, I disagree she, with that. I think. Well, this is horrible. We need to fix it. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that was was she, was kind, of, was kind of, of my take on it. She did it out of love, not hate. Yeah, I do agree. I agree with that. I think Iren is generally she's racist in that she wants everyone to be as good as Altmer and thinks that they're not as good, and she wants more unity with everyone as opposed to the Thalmor uh, uh, who who hate everyone and if it's, you're not with us you're against us right yeah. but you can see you can also see that in um, well, it's um, not like this hasn't happened before <coughs> aliens it's kind of the white the white mer's burden is the way I thought um, I phrased it popped yeah. In my head. yeah so yeah so let's let's get into let's dispel this space nasty shit so we gotta just get it out there. Get we it gotta out. go to the void night. So it, it took us an hour, but we're there. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go to the void night. So, um, a theory that I I still like, even though it's in support of the space Nazi bullshit, is that the void nights were an effort to revert or to break the Khajiit out of the lunar lattice and thus revert them into Mer. Yeah, and I think they succeeded. Then why did they stop? <laughs> I see Michael shaking his head. No. Why did they stop? Well, they got a bunch of stuff. I don't, but I, I don't. I don't know if you. you they succeeded with one, go ahead, and go they ahead. quit. But I was just. I was just going to say I got into a heated argument with uh, one of the guys in one of the lore groups about this, and uh, 
that was that was my exact point. Is then why did they stop? And the reason they stopped is because Khajiit were never mer. Yeah, I agree with that. But mm. uh, that's that's a whole other. <laughs> that's for I'll save that for the Khajiit. I was going to say the next question is if if the, if the Khajiit aren't, what does that make the Bosma? But, but let's not open that one. They're not no, Bosmer no. either. Bosmer not. armor. Bosmer armor. They became. Wow. But they they, were, they, they they became her. They the, yeah. as the Elnofe wear their ideology as skin. Their ideology changed away from the forest people and into Elmeris. But um, and, and I think I think the Thalmor know that. You can see in uh, in the college in I think it's Aradun. You can or maybe I don't remember now. Um, there are some Bosmer who are swearing allegiance to the Thalmor. And they have to denounce the Green Pact. They do, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in the Fourth Era, we have evidence that the Thalmor are leading programs <laughs> against the Green Pactors, mm-hmm. which never yes. ends well for anyone, but apparently they're doing it. And as a, as a sidebar, just to jump back to the Khajiit thing, as, as far as the Void Knights, we do have an out-of-game comment by MK that says that it was a eugenics experiment. Right. So. But anyway, yeah, Bosmer, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot to mention that earlier. So the so I would wonder why the Thalmor thought the eugenics experiment was necessary. Because they need foot soldiers for the war against man. Okay. Yep. Shore has his sovereign guard. What? They need their soldiers. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, why, why aren't the Khajiit good enough foot soldiers as they are? Well, well they might have they might have been, but they weren't loyal to the to the Thalmor, I think is what mm, Michael suggested. That's it. Yeah. Right. So they, they don't, why would why would screwing with their children make them more loyal? Because they brought back the moons and therefore they bring the bringing back the moons, yeah. Therefore, bringing back the moons I can totally see it as a tool for loyalty. But okay. But so why right now, the eugenics? Why is the eugenics? They don't know Aldemaris. Hmm? They they don't so so all Aldmer uh, so all the Mer uh, have the memory of Aldmeris because don't and so by reverting them back to their Elnofeic state which I think was the idea um, it, they are trying to bring them back to what they believe that they were before which if if Bosmer armor and if Khajiit and Bosmer come from the same uh, Elnofeic stock, then Khajiit must be Mer. Therefore, if we make them Elnofe again, they'll be Mer, and then they'll remember Aldmeris. I think right. that's generally the idea, and I think it failed. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. When I say they succeeded, I'm wondering if they did succeed on a little bit of level by making them subservient. These Khajiit are going to want to connect themselves. More Really, to to the old Mary Dominion, and therefore they will myth make an old Maris. Just to guess, see where you're going with that. Yeah, you, you see where I'm going. So you're I gonna so. you're gonna have Khajiit that say, "Yeah, old Maris exists." Mm-hmm. It may not be in any of their current myths, but they'll make one. Hmm. It's like a new Aldmeris. Yeah. Well, Aldmeris is a fiction anyway. It's, well, yeah. It's an it's idea. A new... well, it's not a, I, I think part... So, anyway, so 
I don't want to say too much because, you know, Khajiit cast and also Beyond Skyrim elsewhere. But so the, the trick with the Khajiit is that they have the OK. So the real divide, the real problem among many others, but the, the easiest one to understand, the real problem between man and Mer is that men accept creation and Mer reject it. The Khajiit accept creation. You can see this in uh, words of clan mother Anissi to her favorite daughter. Where the, it's that whole thing about. But the Gajit forgave Lorcaj, and uh, and and Nerni was happy because she could have children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they had kind of embraced creation, and and hence, from the the Altmeri perspective, were men. Uh, and so part of this whole process is to convert them. And so now, as a client race, they're also foot soldiers. I think it's it's my view. This has not been said by anybody else, but it's mm-hmm. my view. They're 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 the fodder. So I, what, I totally agree. Another re- related question to that: um, Why would the um, why would the Dominion break up elsewhere? In that case, what why do we have Aquitaine and Palatine? Yeah, divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah. There, there's enough cultural differences between Palatine and Anaquina that, like, they work together pretty well. But when you start messing with the Khajiit mythos because you want to rewrite it as to, to be something else, new Aldmeris, mm-hmm. uh, divide and conquer. Yeah. yeah that's why the main has to go. Yeah. What's that? That's why the main had to go. Oh yeah. The yeah. Unifying force without him, they can, they can defeat the Khajiit easily. Yeah. Because the, and, and the, the main is the stone of the Khajiit tower. So then the goal was to neutralize the Khajiit tower. Yeah. But how yeah, was that then, in a eugenics experiment? Well, that was... How do I want to say it? Well, see, okay, so here's the thing. That the main was assassinated. When was the main? It was before or after the Void Knights? It was definitely before. It was, it was before. before. I think it was after the Oblivion Crisis, before the Void Knights. I can't... Yeah, I don't remember the date. I'd have to look it up. Okay. That, yeah. it, that was all the setup for the eugenics. Like, remember, yeah. it's... The idea of they're going to change the mythos. So it's the idea of well, let's let's try and get rid of let's get rid of the stone. See if that does something. Oh no, wait, it doesn't. We need to pull some more extreme stuff. Yeah, and so you get the void knights. But again, this is my perspective. Who mm. knows if we're lucky? Test six will be set in elsewhere. Please, and uh, so, we'll find out for sure. But <laughs> yeah, also shaking his head. I'm just like, unless you're giving it to Schick. I don't trust it. Main right was now. Main was assassinated sometime before forty nine, uh, okay, fourth yeah. era, according to the Lord of Souls. Uh, okay. Void Knights were ninety eight to one hundred. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Okay. So. Um. It might be a good idea to talk a little bit about what the Thalmor, how the Thalmor operate. Mm. Um, in the respect, uh, I mean, we've already seen them in Skyrim as, you know, a, a sort of a mix of like, uh, military investigators meet, uh, assassins meet, uh, uh, who knows. Well, and, um, just to, just to go back to the metaphor, we've seen them as, the, we've seen them as stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, but, but a little bit more enabled, I think, than, a, than your average stormtrooper. Um, yeah. individually, the Thalmor that we meet in. Uh, in Skyrim have ranks and such. 
But mm. um, right. their officers oh, definitely seem to be sort of like the SS. Oh, wait, I did the... Damn it! I did the damn Nazi thing again. <laughs> oh, that's what I was getting at. I was going to make a comparison between uh, Hans, Hans Landa in, uh, in Boyish Bastards. And uh, he's, he would be a Thalmor. Yeah. No problem. Well, there's also, I mean, we, we only see the Thalmor who are fighting against man. We don't see the yeah. Thalmor diplomatic force that's... Yeah, I mean, in, in, in ESO, we do see, I mean, this is, you know, the second era Thalmor. Um, and they have to and be they, trained to not be racist. Uh, well, kind of. If, <laughs> if, you go, if you go to the Aldmeri Dominion, like they have like a college or a recruitment center or something, um, you can see them like they're straight up berating like Kashyyyk and Wood Elf like out there in the open. Right, and that's uh, that's the veiled inheritance, which oh, yeah, is okay. yeah, that's the veiled. Well, which, well, that's a whole that's a whole other. Well, I have well, many the, theories, the, but the veiled inheritance was a split from from that ultimate dominion. Yeah, um, well, it's and, it's it's like the shadow of the of the ultimate. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, what I'm talking about, like, this was an area where there there were no enemies free to fight, like no hostiles there. It was to walk yeah, into this right. area, and you've got you know, people doing push-ups, and you know, it's like like a like a boot camp kind of thing. Yeah, they're they're uh, training people. They're training they're training uh, Khajiit, Bosmer, and Altmer to join the ranks of the Thalmor and uh, to become fists of the Thalmor and stuff, or or something. <laughs> Facts, but yeah, it, it and they've been inf- infiltrated by the the veiled inheritance. And well, so there's, there's there's a book I found in uh, I know what I'm talking about the the diplomatic uh, Thalmor guide basically, and they have to like it's yeah. it's too Altmer Thalmor to tell people how to tell them how to interact with the Bosmer and the Khajiit stuff yeah. like don't I've, call them don't call Bosmer shorty don't grab a Khajiit's tail yeah uh, oh, that was great yeah I've got it open right here I was oh you've got it okay yeah, I, I, I can read it. so. So I can read the whole thing, but I don't think I'm going to. I'm, I'm just going to read. Oh, please do! It's part. awesome, or at least read the good bits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll read the whole bit for sure. It's, it's great. titled "Thalmor Handbill" by uh, Ikantar Shimmering, um, and he is the patriarch of indoctrination. Uh, it says, "Loyal citizens of the Isles, heed the statement of the Thalmor. Bear witness to these words about our new allies, the Khajiit and Wood Elves. Integration with our new Wood Elf and Khajiiti allies continues apace." To promote alliance harmony, loyal Thalmor agents have drawn together the short list of helpful notices. Follow this mandatory guidance with cheer, and our new allies will look on you with favor. First, do not refer to Khajiit as cats, kitties, fuzzies, that's my favorite, or any other derogatory feline-based term. Khajiiti delicacies are often very sweet or spiced with the exotic substance known as moon sugar. Designers beware. Do not touch a Khajiit's tail without permission. Uh, <laughs> The Khajiit, the Khajiit have a unique dialect. Mocking their speech or imitating it is considered quite rude and non old merry <laughs> when, when inviting a wood elf to dine, know that the resources of the forest are sacred to them. Serve venison, but no salads. Yeah. Do not refer to wood elves as shorties, runties, or any other derogatory <laughs> height-based terms. Have a care when imbibing wood elf brews, as their beverages are very different than our own. Rotmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not do not imply wood elves. Uh, do not imply to wood elves that they are cannibals, or ask them how they dispose of their dead. Eagles <laughs> unite. There, that's the be, that's the punchline for me. Don't ask them how I they just, dispose of their dead. You don't want to know. Yeah, just, <laughs> All I wanted one. to say 
All I want to say is the fun thing about rules is that somebody had to have done something once. Yeah, right. To cause the need for the rule. Go back and reread that with that in mind. It's oh, just yeah. wow. There's there's another one, the Falmore Diplomatic Corps notice, where it's got a bunch of those repeated, but another one is if you own a pet cat, do not call Khajiit by your cat's name. Um uh, there's, yeah, we lost three political team. officials before we figured out that one. <laughs> uh, do not ask how Boss Mary flesh tastes. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's harsh. That's, 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 that's like asking um, that, that, that's like asking someone whose grandma just died and then like it was tradition to do something with the ashes. Oh, how did that happen? Was it good? Yeah. Good. So, uh, did you light her on fire, or are you just shove her in the ground like you usually do? Uh, the other different one is uh, do not ask how to cook a Khajiit. Oh. oh. That's in a book. That's in a book. That's that in is, a dance and fire. Yeah, it's in a dance and fire. Uh, and you actually have the same uh, uh, plate. It's discussed in ESO again as well, where the there's a dude who it's a quest where a dude who uh, uh, wrongs the Bosmer tribe, they're going to cook his wife and feed her to him. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I the Bosmer great. So, <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a glaring question. That last thing on the dip, uh, Thalmore Diplomatic Corps notice, it says, do not ask how to cook a Khajiit. Do they eat Khajiit normally? No, not really. The the Green Pact dictates that they have to eat their no, own. No, I'm talking about the Thalmor. Do the they, Thalmor? It, no, it's it's they're they're asking the Bosmer how to cook Khajiit. Yeah, uh, and okay. also the yeah. About eating, eating your enemies. If you're thinking about the skirmishes that have gone on oh, between Khajiit okay. and Bosmer, okay. you you do have to. So the well, the little small tangent. The Green Pact dictates that Bosmer only have to eat Bosmer. They still okay, will right. eat others, but they only have to eat themselves because otherwise that just gets complicated and messy when the Khajiit attack. Okay. <laughs> Dirty cats. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Anywho. this one is not offended. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Uh... I, I don't know, uh, I, I don't know, how do you guys feel about this? you think we've covered everything? So I just want to interject. So the fourth era <laughs> Thalmor that we see in Skyrim are acting under imperial law, remember this, under imperial law, under the White Gold Concordant, to enforce imperial law. And uh, it's, so I guess what I'll call the Talos heresy is, is now against uh, imperial cult dogma, right? If we can even say they have much dogma. I guess. Mm -hmm. Which actually, if we observe, you know, imperial society, we'll see that, you know, religion has always been subservient to the, you know, to the government. Yeah. But, and has very little dogma because of it, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, they're they're serving they're under imperial law, they are enforcing this. Mm-hmm. So um their inquisition, if you can call it that, 
I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just... <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought, to be honest. Well, I mean, okay. the, uh, when it comes to how the Empire is dealing with getting rid of, of Talos from the, uh, from the Nine, or the Nine in general, it, 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 in a way, what they're really doing is just, uh, is just reverting back to their culture largely before Tiber Septum. Or at the time of Tiber Septum, if you think about it. So yeah. the the idea. So as far as Imperials go, Imperials have. Um, well, no, I don't. I mean, it, it's possible. Okay, we know that the that the Nordic reaction to the White Gold Concordat was very bad because the Nords consider Talos to be a Nord a god. god. Yeah, a dragon god, twilight god. Um, it, however, the Empire Skyrim may not. I mean, the uh, I mean, Cyrodiil's culture may not have had as big of an objection but i suspect they did i mean it could certainly within the legion yeah you yeah certainly now you you could make the argument that the uh that the empire that imperials do not feel as loyal towards the concept of talos but i don't really buy that i'm i'm pretty sure they do because the east, talos and tiber septum in particular tiber septum was an emperor of cyrodiil um, I would say that they probably have the same level, if not, I don't, I can't imagine to be even more, you know, uh, reactionary or any more, uh, vehement, but definitely at around the same level of objection as the, as Skyrim's. It's just the reason why Skyrim was able to form the, uh, rebellion that they did was because they literally weren't Cyrodiil. They didn't, the empire just didn't have that much of a presence in it. Yeah. And especially, well, if we go back to game design things, you got to remember that Eastern Skyrim was conservative, totematic Skyrim. Yeah. Whereas Western Skyrim was, uh, yeah, um, I would say, Alessianized Skyrim. Yeah, a, a little more. Um, I want to use the word. Uh, but uh, what word do I want to use? Um, I mean, they had exposure and frequent trading with um, cosmopolitan. Yeah, cosmopolitan. That's what I want to use. They had they had a lot of exposure and trading to Cyrodiil and um, High Rock and Hammerfell, whereas Eastern Skyrim had a constant, unending, awful, awful war, war yes. with the Dark Elves. Yeah, mm. and not much else. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. But, so yeah. So, I would say, like I said earlier, um, may, in the west of Skyrim, people are definitely pissed. In the east of Skyrim, maybe not as much. But then again, I don't really subscribe to that because. So you have Alessia, the God Empress, uh, who was succeeded by Raymond, the God Emperor, who is succeeded by Talos, the God Emperor, and the previous. Em previous god emperors wane when a new one comes along. Sure. I guess they're relegated to saints. Mm -hmm. So, so we better be having a, a, a red guard god king come out of the west here soon <laughs> to replace Talos. Uh, that could happen. That well, could happen. Uh, 
I mean, one the the main objection of the Thalmor to Talos in general, and uh, unfortunately for Talos, holds up really well, which is that Man the um, uh, that the uh, the um, ascension <laughs> of a mortal to a god is impossible. Um, mm. If that was the case, then the Altmer wouldn't be focusing on getting rid of Mundus. They'd be focusing on ways to ascend everybody to a god. Um, mm. they, they would be chasing after whatever's left of the heart of Lorcan, because then yeah. if, if they admit that a god, that a mortal can become a god, then the tribunal were gods. Um, and they patently well, weren't. In fact, the biggest problem that the tribunal had was that they weren't gods. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, the same thing applies to Tiber Septim. Tiber Septim, at his most powerful, was a, a foil for Amsavi, but he was not more powerful than Amsavi. So, well, you know, mm -hmm. it, yeah, I, I mean, even even the Hoon Ding uh, was was just obscenely powerful and the Hoon Ding left. You know, the Hoon Ding's not a problem anymore. He just reincarnates every once in a while as some schmuck pirate. <laughs> um, so uh, when, when it comes down to uh, um, the, the argument of the Thalmor, they're at the very least very fair about it. They're saying no human can become a king, no mortal can become a king, and therefore um, we've got the situation we've got. Um, if they had, uh, if they had a more, if they had any, if they had figured out any way to be to turn mortals into gods, they would have done it by now, basically. Yeah. To be fair, they they spent a lot of time in crystal like law. Yeah. The the only mm. the, in fact one thing that you can definitely say that's somewhat complementary towards the Thal the Thalmor is that they don't bring up old shit. If the it, it seems to me like the goal of the Thalmor is so very specific that if they could find a way to become gods and leave, they wouldn't hang around to bitch slap people around with their godlike power. They'd just leave. Um, it's I one agree. of the, it's one of the things that we sort of experimented with when we were outlining the motivation of the Thalmor in Tattered Amelion was we were talking a lot about the idea that the... Hello, Felix. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Felix. Hey. Felix. Huzzah. Hi. Sorry. Uh, I've been absent. I was following this along earlier, but I had to go drop someone off at church. Um, where, where are we? I've missed like the past 25 minutes or something. Um, we're just talking ah. about why, whether or not... I'm basically, I'm bringing up the idea of whether or not the Thalmor hate men or mortals in general. And what, right. what what the general like emotional level is of the Thalmor, which is that I, I it was suggested to me that the Thalmor view removal of mankind or mortals as the removal of a flaw from an otherwise perfect calculation. That it's not I, that they're do they're yeah. doing what they do not because they hate men or mortals, but rather just because they this is the this is the right way to do things. So Right. Okay. okay. We're gonna, I'm going to jump right in on that um, because I had a note that I made about this earlier. Um, that is more or less correct, but I would take it a step farther and say that uh, the Thalmor essentially want to kill what I think might be the ego as represented by mankind. Because if we think of Mundus and the whole dream of the Godhead as being uh, two halves of your brain, left hemisphere and right hemisphere, then the... Uh, the whole aspect bubbles down, right? We had Anu and Padme, and their interplay is what creates this area in between. And in order to try and understand themselves, there's lower and lower subgradients. And at the end of those subgradients, you eventually get men and mare. 
And so to remove men is to essentially remove one half of the brain. And the Thalmor are essentially trying to make the whole of the Godhead brain dead to a certain extent because they want to remove that aspect because that aspect is tying them down to Mundus as a result of the interplay. Um, going on to another point that was said earlier is um, Chim was attributed to like... Uh, not some sorry, but I think just sort of the greater aspect uh, of Nirvana, uh, endless cycle. I think because mm-hmm. okay. the way I would I would describe it is Chim is more like the Hindu concept of moksha, and yes. Amaranth is the actual yeah. aspect of moksha. Nirvana. That's, That's what I was trying to figure out. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yes. All right. So yes, there we go. That's my main comment from what I saw earlier. <laughs> Great. So, so, yeah. So thanks so for that. Thank you. Out. It was really driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Like I said, my my uh, understanding of those religions are very rudimentary at best. Yeah, join the club. <laughs> um, but I think the Thalmor are uh, leveraging the animosity against men on the what I would call "quote unquote" outer Thalmor, and whereas the inner Thalmor, the guys with the plan. Uh, the men are simply just a barrier to surpass. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the uh, like if Bethesda played it right, they can make if we met the inner circle, if you will, of the Thalmor, uh, we would like them. We would agree with them. Yeah. They would be man, they'd be Mancar Cameron, but more charismatic, more sane. And just like, listen, it's nothing against you, but you know, we got to reach heaven through violence, buddy. <laughs> it's not necessarily about them reaching heaven so much as it is that an as a fundamental aspect of Mundus, which is the interplay between Anu and Padme and their respective subgradients, one half of that is directly responsible for the way things are. And so if they can remove that or escape that somehow, that's not so much reaching heaven by violence so much as it is deleting heaven as a concept. Yeah. Well, it's an, it. it's an antivirus approach is what it is. Yeah. I don't know because yeah. heaven, it, oh, heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, antivirus approach, Michael. Antivirus approach. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention. I pay attention. Well, here. Um, um that that would be the main. The main is the antivirus. But anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, I, I want to yeah. throw this out there, and, and maybe this is something to say for the Altmer cast. But uh, one of the things that we we've been talking about on Beyond Skyrim elsewhere, and that I really want to explore, <laughs> is that you know because of Skyrim, we all think you know high elf equals Thalmor equals nazis let's just be honest yeah but it's it's not there there's at least three different things going on there the thalmor are like a ruling body slash secret police but the dominion is something different because Mm. the dominion includes you know all three three of those races and then there's the altmer race itself and thank god for eso because it gives us at least some hints of altmer culture Mm -hmm. and to me, the interaction of those three things is just mm. fascinating. Yeah, and I am 
I am hoping against hope that whenever this current cycle that began in Skyrim, uh, that somewhere in there we end up on Alinor because mm-hmm. I want to dig deep and and really see how that plays out. Yeah, there's actually a specific text in ESO somewhere that talk, talking about the fists of the Thalmor about yeah. how they desperately didn't want that to be conflated with just a cars and how they fundamentally different things in, and it's undermining trust and here there here there and the other. It's that that almost strikes me as a as a meta commentary about that. It's not that that you don't that these organizations aren't aren't monolithic um, yeah. and that you've got those kind of shades and differences going on. I think um, that's, well, right. And I, I mean saying, I think that's a fists regarding fists of the Thalmor, I think is what that's called. Okay. Uh yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. But and that's also the kind of the another way of the kind of prodding of the of the Thalmor as the as the secret police. Um Aren founded them more or less as as her executive arm is the, the kind of the takeaway that um well the Aaron used the Thalmor and took them out from being the heritage organization to be her executive arm yeah. within the Dominion. I'm I'm pretty sure I, I don't know why I have this impression, but I have a very strong impression that they existed before Iron. Aaron. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But okay. instead of looking after the monuments and so on, they got dragged in to do political stuff. Uh well, or more political stuff. Yeah. Um, or they, they let themselves they, get dragged in, which would help them. So it's the idea um so, but they exist now as this kind of the set this separate entity, this ex- and this executive within Aaron's government. Um I found a portion of the um oh where is it? Uh the and um, the preface, either in the preface or somewhere in the in the first pocket guide, which kind of treats the Thalmor as a similar thing as as part of as part of an organ of government, has it? Um, my my thoughts is it just kind of been thrumming along steadily in the background there, um, with kind of a goal a goal of its own, being not exactly a state within a state, but something like that. That that's kind of what I'm a, what I'm thinking of, and just kind of been. Ste- um, steadily aligning itself in whatever direction for um, for the thousands of years that it's been around. Whomever leads, yeah. Um, whomever leads, they align themselves with. Mm. So, do I'm I'm wondering. I mean, I know they're like a but, different different yeah. kind of thing, but like the the eyes of the queen would we consider them Thalmor? They would be no. Well. Ooh. No, they're so, kind of like Secret Service. Yeah, they're like GB. They're the blades yeah. of iron. They're the blades of iron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are. So, they are the Pentus Oculatus. Pentius Oculatus. Pen, yeah, something like that. Pen, Penitus. Mm. Pentius. Penitus Oculatus. Penitus. Yeah. yeah, I never get it right. It's <laughs> it's Latin. Yeah. Ah. And also. And also, well, and also setting policy. I found, sorry, I found the passage in the first pocket guide that triggered my memory. But Father, blessed be his name's numeric mystery, mystery, was one of the few on the Thalmor to oppose Andrel Crono's policy of non-intervention, as that that if continued will be the doom of the all elder races. So the Thalmor, are, um, are taught, are, are somewhere on what I would call the, what I would call the cabinet, <laughs> um, in terms of. Well, as they as they are presented in Skyrim, they are mm. the government. Yeah, they yeah. are the government of the Old Married Dominion. They are the yeah. yeah. Well, it seemed like they were. Sur- they took over in the wake of the Oblivion Crisis, 
Right, let's right. also mm-hmm. try and remember that the Thalmor that we see in the fourth era is not the same Thalmor that we're currently seeing Indeed. in the second. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, a lot of things can change and policies can change and go back and forth. And so probably, you know, the Thalmor and their more militaristic stance was a result probably after Tiber Septim came around mm. and basically unleashed the Numidium saying, yeah, I really want Eleanor. And they said, well, fucking come and take the Molan Lave. And then he did. And the Thalmor and Altmer and General are still very pissed off about that. Yeah. So that's probably where, where <laughs> you would reasonably see some kind of um, policy <laughs> shift or a new political order of sorts emerge from that rather dire situation for the Almer. Almer has presented in ESO, I think, have to be talked about keeping in mind that the Altmer and Thalmor of the Fourth Era are basically two different cultures at this point. Because there's going to be a lot of differences that have occurred over like a thousand years, right? So, well, I don't know. I mean, that, that, actually, I would I would guess that if any organization was going to retain its fundamental mission statement, it would over a thousand years. It would be the Thalmor because yeah. their, their whole their whole organization is is started on the principle of conserving you know values, you know, family values. <laughs> and you've got members that will last for for um for. Hundreds but, of years. Yeah, that's like three, four generations. It's it's yeah. not. Would you, a long yeah, would, you, right. would you say it's a Reich that would last? Okay, they. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the full circle. I, I had to. Okay, so Nailed I just it. want. I just, I just want to ask. So <laughs> we came at from two different. Uh, going back to the motivations of the of the fourth era Thalmor, we came from two different directions. I'm saying they want. Well, okay. I'm just going to ask this: Do they have a flawed ideology? Because if we're coming at coming from it in the direction that you guys mostly are, you're saying that they believe they want to, you know, they want to become untethered planes of existence among themselves again. Mm-hmm. But they are still slaves to the dream that way, so they don't achieve much. Well, I mean, they, I would disagree. Would, um, yeah, I mean, just because they want to go back to being something, you know, infinite, doesn't mean they want to escape the dream. Even I mean, without the yeah. dream, they wouldn't be infinite in the first place. So the dawn takes place within the dreamer, within the godhead. <clears throat> so I mean, there is no infinite without that. It's it's just you know whatever's outside that dream, right? And so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. I mean, well, we we end up with with this you know um infinite regress of of okay well where where does where does it end you know well we left one dream well now we're in another but well, i would say they're absolutely correct I'll, I'll put it to you this way i i think the 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 goal here is not that the thalmor <laughs> wanted an es- let, let let me amend something the goal is not that the thalmor wanted an escape from the arbic cycle the goal is that the thalmor just want to return back to <laughs> The pre the state of uh, of pre of like the dawn era or pre dawn pre convention certainly, yeah. so um, it's not that they have a problem with the arbic cycle or the dream itself, just that they have a problem with the inevitable 
arguably part of the Arbic cycle, which is, you know, the, the creation the of Mundus and such. Mundus, um, yeah. the, the reason why, if there is a flaw to, the, the Thalmor's system of belief system is very logical and it makes a lot of sense, except that their um, system is predicated by the idea that the um, only state of existence or their preferred state of existence is one that exists within the dream of Anu, which is to say a dream that was inspired by um, a, uh, a, an act of betrayal, a, a dream that, uh, prom uh, that, uh, that propagates the same pain or, in, or betrayal or injury that Anu uh, experienced. And the idea behind the, re the reason why the Amaranth in Coda is considered to be a better dream than Anu's is that, and the reason why it's considered to be the, um, the inevitable result of uh, experiencing reincarnation through the grind of Mundus is that it creates a dream that comes from love and not fear. Yep, and I think that if you my own little theory here, if you really want to get deep down into understanding what the Thalmor want, I actually think Sotha Sil has a very similar idea. I wonder if you want to bring I have to. I have to. I just read all of these. Uh, no. <laughs> I think it's, I think uh, his concept of Anuvanasi is very similar to what the Thalmor want. He wants, they want to rebuild a structured uh, limitless uh, organized, unified right. Dawn era. Free of flaws. Free of although, flaws. Mm -hmm. Although not as inherently opposed, um, not um, as inherently opposed to mortality um, as, um, as the Thalmor. I, di I didn't see um, none ensuing as being somewhere where everyone lived forever as gods. Yeah. Right. It's not identical, but it's similar. No. Yeah. Well, that's not very Velothi of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i might as well throw it out there so i'm um, right jonathan and i have been <clears throat> trying to talk about uh the truth in sequence I'd, I'd read it all before but i never really took part in the the major discussions fail on me uh because i wanted to skip tr uh spoilers for clockwork city i had to work my way up to it anyway blah 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 sidebar and maybe this is this is a zone's cast but I am beginning to see a lot of strong correlations between Sothasil and Leto II from the Dune novels. Uh -huh. uh, God Emperor of Dune. <laughs> and uh, I could probably talk about this for hours, so I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. But there seem to be a lot of similar motivations and that their perspectives on the progress of mortal life, immortal life, are Bringing on good pain? It's... It, the yeah, the Nern final would be the golden path, or Clockwork City is the golden. I don't know. I still have to work through all the the sermons and really do the the tough work with them. But I'm, I'm seeing some similarities. And uh, does that mean that the Thalmor have a similar goal in mind? I don't know. Maybe maybe kind of in the the ultimate objective. But I'm because Leto did some pretty horrible stuff too. Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. And and Sotha, there's a, there's a couple points in Clockwork City where I get a little grumpy with Sotha Sill, uh, the Nemosphere, for instance, the whole thing with the uh, the astronomer. But anyway, I digress. Well, I digress. Uh, the the purpose of of Leto the Second's Golden Path was to create an environment 
so horribly torturous and cruel that it would create a uh, uh, that it would turn the uh, race of men uh, of man that it would turn mankind into a species of warriors that surpass even the uh, the Fremen as um, you know as, as the uh, the the greatest warriors in history. The the Fremen were considered to be a fighting force of extraordinary magnitude because they had a they had developed their culture and their people in the harshest conditions that anybody in the universe had experienced in, in, you know, uh, according to the, the, um, uh, according to the various cultures that are running, uh, the universe at the, at the point of the first book. Um, so the, so again, we're back to the idea of improvement through suffering and, um, and that was sort of the, 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 uh, the pitch for why the Fremen were able to defeat, um, Sadakar terror troops and all the, you know, and, and all the, you know, guns that the uh, emperor could, uh, could point at them was because they were, they possessed, uh, unbelievable, uh, martial force, partially due to the fact that a Bene Gesserit ended up teaching them a lot of stuff too. Let's not, let's not, you know, let's not yeah. undersell that. But they, but the Bene, but the Bene Gesserit would say that they were able to teach the Fremen their fighting, their martial skills because the Fremen had developed their themselves in, uh, in the, uh, uh, against the hammer and anvil of, uh, of Dune, of, uh, Arrakis. Um, the Golden Path was supposed to, uh, replicate that act, basically, was, was to, uh, uh, create a, an entire universe. <laughs> Um, that was so oppressive and awful that the uh, uh, that the entirety of mankind could reach a state of um, uh, of ability and uh, resilience, so that when the great threat that Leto II couldn't quite see but knew was coming uh, eventually arrived, that mankind would be ready for it. And the only thing that Leto knew for certain was that um, mankind, when Leto came into power, was not ready for this great threat. Um, and unfortunately, if I recall correctly, one of Leto II's biggest um, sort of uh, 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 emotional um, pain was that he didn't exactly know what the nature of that threat was, so he couldn't adequately direct the development of mankind. So instead of, you know, doing something constructive and saying, okay, you guys need to practice this stuff and do, you know, get really good at, you know, you know, uh, uh, laser based weapons or something. I, I don't know, whatever. Instead of being able to be really specific and constructive, he instead had to torture the hell out of humanity as a whole and just make it, you know, and oppress the shit out of it. And in order to make it more powerful. And that was, um, I, I think the complexity of the character in that respect. Um, yeah. fortu it's fortunate for uh, the Elder Scrolls universe that Sothisil doesn't have the same level of influence <laughs> that uh, Leto II had, um, because uh, it's possible that Sothisil might take the same approach and just, you know. So, but then Dr. Nightstone just pointed out in chat something interesting. Is it possible that this was Lorcan's motivation? And That's my, I, I yes. don't think that Lorcan saw a, a, a great threat like Leto II saw, other than acknowledging the trap of, of the Arbus. 
I think Lorcan's goal was to just um, get people out of the situation they were in, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why Lorcan created Nern and, and Mundus. Yeah, it wasn't so much that a threat Shores. was coming, it's that a threat was already here. It sounds a lot more like Shore's army. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah. you know, but then uh, again, I mean, people who are frequent to the this channel and the uh, lore casts will know um, if if you yeah, you, like Johnny Anonymous says, you, you really need to to read Dune. It's oh yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a big influence on the Elder Scrolls lore in general, and it's a uh, it's never a waste of time. It's phenomenal writing. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I'm re reading it now for the second or third time, and mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, as as time goes on, it just becomes more important to me. It's a fantastic yeah. series. Mm -hmm. But don't don't read anything by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. No, <laughs> no, don't get anywhere near that shit. Yeah, it, I'll put it to you this way: look up the book summaries on Wikipedia, and that might yeah. answer some questions you might have. <laughs> but yeah. don't waste your money that. or your time on those books. <laughs> no. Okay, Frank's books are good enough because I need to read Dune. Say what? Yep. I need I need to read Dune. I still haven't read it yet. Well, so good. It's very very good. The real meat yeah. is in the second, is in the the later books, but uh, Dune is, uh, um, I, in my opinion, the easiest one to read, and that's saying something because it's a mother. But mm. eight hundred pages, <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah, really good though. All right. Yeah. Was was there anything else we wanted to discuss that was Thalmor related, just to drag us back on topic? Um, I don't know whether we diverge from. I know that Michael was wanting to say something about Gnosticism as such, but. Um, I don't know whether we've kind of talked our way around that one from, yeah, I, I um, think from the Hinduism stuff. I think we basically covered it the, 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 in extremely short terms, just that I saw that there was a lot of confluence between the Thalmor ideology and uh, Valentinian Gnosticism, which that's something you can look up. But the, the, the basic thing is that creation was bad and that you want to escape. And uh, they had different ways yeah. of looking at that. But I, I see that there's a lot of conversation between the Thalmor mm -hmm. and the Valentinian Gnostics. Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, we are, um, gosh, we're an hour and 50 minutes in, so I think we could probably call it here. Um, nice. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for showing up. Um, I don't think we have a topic for next week. Do we have a topic for next week? We've we got a list. Weekly? Oh, my. Not weekly. I think we're. I mean, we've been going every two weeks or so. Yeah. And this, yeah, this I'm sorry, one, not next week. I meant next this week. one was three weeks. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was because Easter happened. Because of Easter. Um, yeah. Uh, were we Are going we... to continue the um, the kind of looking at the various societies and governments and stuff? Yeah, one by one individually. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, okay, on so the next cast, next... we'll definitely be doing. We'll we'll pick something, um, and and uh, and and I'll announce it hopefully before we do the cast. Okay. Um, and well, I uh, and I promise, I promise on my honor, I will immediately start uploading this to YouTube after this cast is over. <laughs> Good man. All right. Yeah. We won't be waiting another two friggin' weeks. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you again uh, next time. Bye bye. All right. Bye. -bye. Take care, everybody. Bye.